Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Maverick Cast. A new season, same old faces. Sorry, apologize. I'm Jason. And I'm John. It's great to be back for another season of the Maverick Cast and of uh, UNO Maverick Hockey. We are in the hunt for the national championship as of right now. That's right. It's a clean slate. Anything can happen. Before we go any further, I want to tell fans that I know that there are a number of fans who have who have missed our What Are You Drinking segment from the very first season of the Mav Podcast. So stay tuned until the end of this podcast for a special What Are We Drinking segment. I think it's great that we're bringing back one of the most popular segments we've ever had. I mean, it's you and I fun. really enjoyed Yeah, you and I really enjoyed it, right? <laughs> yeah, it was our favorite. That's true. So we're talking about the upcoming season of UNO hockey, which is going to be underway in just a just a little bit here. And one of our annual traditions is to give our predictions for the NCHC, where we think teams are going to finish. So let's start off with our predictions. We usually start at the bottom of the rankings. So who do you have in eighth place, Jason? And I don't think this is going to be a stretch, but maybe you'll <laughs> surprise me here. I think uh, I think it'll be a unanimous call between the official writers and us here on the podcast. But I've got Miami, Ohio at the bottom. I yeah. don't. I you maybe see something different, but I look at that team and go, there just isn't enough movement to expect them to realistically have a chance to to kind of dig out of the cellar this year. Uh, but I do think they're on the right path. I think that in a few years, they could be a team to, to I don't know, a challenge for like a top spot, but at least get themselves out of the bottom spot because I think it's been four years I've had him down there. Yeah, and Chris Bergeron, I think he'll do a good job. He really turned around the Bowling Green program prior to returning uh, to Miami to be the head coach. And so... I just don't know that they have the talent yet. Who knows? I mean, they they went undefeated against UNO last year, so you know, you never know if they'll start to take that take that uh, take that show to the other teams in the conference. But yeah, I have him in last place at this point. It's it's a work in progress, and it's going to be a while before he has them going again. So uh, so we'll see what happens. Hopefully, they don't have as much success against us this season as they had last season because because we don't want to see that happen again. But yep, both of us have them in eighth. So who do you have in seventh place in the? And this is where it gets a little bit. There's a, there's a little bit more wiggle room here. Who do you have in seventh place? Yeah, yeah. This is where I was like, it was kind of funny because I was looking at the when I was looking, I'm like, well, there's the top two that I fairly confident are the top two and I really don't see anyone challenging the two of them I'm like and then there's Miami Ohio at the bottom and then I'm like well uh, like I could see any of those teams being three through seven and and this being this could go so many different ways uh so I really I question I know that most of the like hockey writers and the uh, USCHO and college hockey um, I believe it was a consensus that had UNO uh, at seven, but I don't, I know a lot of that's just built on. We lost a lot of players uh, and we've got a really young team with a lot of freshmen and that unknown scares a lot of people who, you know, traditionally write for, for hockey magazines and newspapers and stuff. 
I don't know that we lost. I, I think that we're going to get performance out of some guys that you just don't expect that come out of the woodwork. I think Weiss coming back puts a good like leadership presence, historical presence, you know, a guy who's been there and done that kind of thing. And I, you know, I hope that he can educate and bring along the, the younger guys and stuff. And so I don't believe that UNO will be seven where most people have them. I have Cairo College still at seven. I think that there hasn't been a lot of movement on their team. Uh, kind of like Miami, we, I think they're building towards getting out of the bottom two. Uh, but I don't think there's there's that this year. And they were seven last year and they had a new building and all the energy that comes with a new building. You know, we had that experience when Baxter opened. So if they couldn't dig out of seven, eight, then I just don't see it happening this year. Yeah, it, I, I'm with you on that. And I feel like I may have influenced your pick via text of Colorado College. But uh, when, when I look at their uh, their team last season, they won nine games. Uh, six of those wins came against Miami and UNO. Um, and, and I just, I don't know. I mean, Chris Mayotte came in. He's a very talented young head coach. I think he's got the team in the right direction. And as you mentioned, the energy and excitement with the new arena, I really think is going to help recruiting there uh, in Colorado Springs. They've got a, they've got a good goalie prospect who came in too uh, uh, during the off season, but I'm, I'm just not convinced they've turned it around. I know every few years, everybody's like, this is going to be the year that Colorado college starts to starts to make their climb back to the back to the top of the conference. I still think they're going to be down and I still think they're going to be in seventh place in the conference this season. I think you touched on moving on to our sixth pick. Like, I think you touched on the reason why I have UNO at six. And that is that last year, our points did not like our performance in the NCHC did not really come from those teams that we should have beaten. And I think that Gabinet's kind of, with these new guys coming in and and his guys, you know, preaching the systems and stuff, you know, it's really taking that attitude of like, you have to play your best game, even if you're playing that lesser talent. And with so many games against Cairo college of Miami, we could easily just, if you sweep those two teams, you know, you're pretty much a lot to at worst be six, you know, and you're at that point where you look at, you know, still a couple games here and there against St. Cloud or Duluth or North Dakota. And, you know, voila, you're, you're a win away from home ice in the playoff, right? So they can put themselves in that, the beef of that conversation just by making sure that they win the majority of their games against Miami, Ohio and Power College. So I hope that they're focused on that. I hope that they know that you have to perform your best against those teams uh, and I'm banking on them being sixth by them coming through and getting probably at least five of eight, if not six of eight from, from those games. Yeah. And that sounds, that sounds great to me. Now I'm going to throw a little wrench in the engine because this is, this is what I do. Uh, I'm picking St. Cloud state to be in sixth place in the NCHC. Now this may sound like a surprise to many, but I think if you look at, there were certain points last season where that team looked very beatable and one of their kind of stalwarts on that team was David Rennick, who had played um, uh, an insane number of games for them in net. 
And uh, he's a very, very talented goaltender, one of the best goaltenders in the NCHC. They do not have him this season. And when they were without him last season, they looked very, very ordinary as a team. What's interesting is uh, Dominic Bassey, who had been a goaltender at Colorado College, actually transferred to St. Cloud uh, this year on that team. It'll be interesting to see what kind of playing time he gets. But to me, there are a lot of unknowns on that team. A lot of that core talent that they'd had the, the last couple of years is gone on that team. Uh, guys like Kevin Fitzgerald are no longer uh, part of the uh, St. Cloud State Husky roster. So I'm going to say they're going to be down a little bit, and I'm going to say they're going to be in sixth place. I know it's hard to pick a Minnesota-based school uh, to be that low in the NCHC, especially a school that's been talented over the years like St. Cloud State. But I'm not convinced. There's a lot of question marks on that team. So I'm picking them in sixth place. And who do you have in fifth place, Jason? Well, I want to know who you have in fifth, because if you put St. Cloud there, I'm guessing you're, are you continuing to put Omaha at five? Yes, I'm going to put Omaha in fifth place. Uh, this is just, you know, this is a, we're swinging for the fences here. Like you said, a lot of newcomers on this team. You have uh, 12 new players on the team. Uh, two of those players are transfers. Uh, one is Pavanka, who's a forward from uh, Notre Dame. And then the other is uh, Jake Kacharski, who's a goaltender who had most recently been at uh, American International. And we don't know whether Kacharski is going to be cleared by the NCAA to play. So right now, UNO has four goaltenders on the roster. Uh, we assume that uh, freshman Simon with like Kochi, which I'm probably going to botch that pronunciation, but I did look it up last night. Um, we assume that he, coming out of the USHL, very talented Slovakian goaltender, is going to get most of the reps in net. But they also brought in a guy who was slated to play for the Muskegon Lumberjacks this year, Rayfan Robbins, who I think is an intriguing pick too. So um, if Kacharski isn't available till the semester break, or if he isn't available this season, uh, we might be seeing Robbins in net too. So goaltender's a question after losing uh, Isaiah Seville and uh, to the uh, NHL and Austin Roden. Um, to Providence. Uh, he went, entered the transfer portal in the offseason. But I look at these incoming freshmen. These are guys that UNO recruited three to four years ago. So these are the guys that this coaching staff has been working on, cultivating, and I think is really excited about coming in. Yes, I know they're young, but young in college hockey is relative. You, you Generally speaking, these guys are 21 years old or so. Um, so I really look at, to me, it's the defensive core on this team. It's Johnny Tyconic returning. It's players like uh, Victor Mancini. Uh, it's newcomers like Joaquim LeMay and Jacob Webin, who were very, very talented in juniors. And with Tyler Weiss returning, I think that brings another dimension. And like you said earlier, I think guys who haven't made a lot of noise, guys like Nolan Sullivan last season, I think newcomers last season like Ty Mueller uh, and Cameron Berg, I think that those players are really going to rise to the occasion. And so I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of good positive signs for this team. And so that's why I, that's why I have them high because these are the recruits that they recruited young. And I just think that there's, there's a lot of potential talent there. Who knows what will happen, but I'm, I'm going to be optimistic at this point in the season. And so that's why I have them where they are. I know next week after we see the exhibition game and see the guys skate there, that 
you know, we'll, we'll do the full breakdown of all of the incoming freshmen because there's a lot there. And like, like you said, and, and we don't really know how many of them are going to get playing time. Like there could be freshmen that perform better than, you know, some upperclassmen. And we've, UNO has been in that situation before where they've had a guy that's been a roster spot for, you know, two, three years and get beat out by a freshman who's, you know, motivated. When I was doing my rankings, the one thing I looked at was St. Cloud and Omaha, I think have the biggest question marks of any team at goaltending. And where those two teams fall, I think, like relative to each other is going to be pretty, pretty correlated with the performance of, of their goaltending crew. And it was hard for me to do it, but I had to give the nod to St. Cloud and put them at five because while their goaltender is new, at least he's got some experience. He knows what it's like to play NCHC hockey. And, you know, at least our guys, like, Every once in a while, you'll get a team that has a, a European goaltender that comes over, you know, and, and they're always, they always take a little bit of time to adjust. The ice is different. The game is different. The speed is different. And then you deal with all the cultural changes and things like that. I think there's a bigger adjustment from juniors to NCHC than St. Cloud's going to see with one NC goaltender moving to another NCHC team. Um, and so I have a feeling that the two of them are going to be really close. Cause like you, there's a lot of question marks about how can, how St. Cloud performed last year and how much of that's going to carry over into this year. Um, and so I was in that bot of just like, I, it, it's going to come down to goaltending and I just see St. Cloud being able to steal a point. Like it's not even a win. I, I could totally see these two, the difference between Oman and St. Cloud being, our inability to, you know, get a tie when we were having a late lead and, you know, or tied late and, you know, we just find a way to let Denver score a goal or something and we can't steal a point, um, you know, whereas St. Cloud does the opposite, you know, they get one extra point in, in a overtime format. And that may be the difference. That may be the difference between five and six for us. And we've talked about it in years past when we get down towards the end of the season, the unfortunate thing is, is like the five, six matchup doesn't really matter other than who you're playing. And, you know, if we're having to go to North Dakota because we're, you know, six instead of to Duluth or something, does that end up affecting our chances to pull an upset or something? And, and so that's kind of why I put St. Cloud in that fifth spot. So those are our teams that are going on the road for the NCHC playoffs. Do you want to take the first stab at four or do you want me to? Uh, I'll go ahead and take, uh, take a stab at fourth place. I'm going to put uh, Western Michigan in that spot. And again, there's, there's question marks with that Western Michigan team. You could, you could definitely see them being a, a fifth place, bottom half of the conference team uh, as well. Again, you lose a top talent like Ethan Frank. Uh, after he had played there for like 12 years, it seemed like it felt like 12 years anyway. Um, Pat Fershweiler always has a talented bunch on the ice. They're always a rough and tumble team. That's kind of the mindset that they have. 
Um, you know, just glancing at their roster uh, last night, you know, you look at uh, Jack Perbix, uh, who's a name that NCHC fans will be familiar with because his brother Nick Perbix played for St. Cloud State. Jack Perbix was at uh, Minnesota the past couple of seasons, and he uh, entered the transfer portal. And uh, to me, that's that's going to be a very interesting team as well. The one thing that I'll say is they always play hard. They always play tough. And they're always really, really good at Lawson Ice Arena in Kalamazoo. So I have them in fourth place just based on their their really good finish in the NCAA tournament last season. And uh, I think that there's a lot of exciting things on the horizon for that team, but we'll see. So I have them in fourth place based purely on that. Interesting. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to end up in this like flip-flop teams because I have Duluth at four. I think that there's reasons behind this, but Duluth has shown that they are willing to try a lot of things and experiment with a lot of stuff. And they're a quality team where their expectation is to be, you know, in the NCAA tournament every year, their expectations are to, you know, have a run at it and and good chances. And that, takes some knowledge it takes some experimentation they have to figure out what things are going to work and what things aren't going to work and so i see them kind of taking it happens in the nhl every once in a while you know like tampa bay will come in at the third spot right and then they're in the the championship you know because they've maybe rested some guys longer than they otherwise would have if they were competing for a spot and so I think that they're kind of a, they're going to be a little bit of a sleeper team. I think people are going to be kind of down on them. I think they're going to perform a little, like underperform a little bit in the regular season. Uh, but I will say that caveat to that is I think they will exceed expectations in the tournament. As, as they typically do, as they typically do. I actually, this actually is not a flip-flop because I will tell you in third place, I did not have Minnesota Duluth. In third place, uh-huh. I have North Dakota, which North Dakota is always a, a team that you could pick to be at the top of the conference. They were they were right up there last season. Um, there are some question marks though, and uh, you know, goaltending is going to be an interesting issue for them. They uh, they probably got the biggest prize, in my opinion, in the. Uh, in the offseason, uh, Drew DeRitter, a talented goaltender at Michigan State, transferred in. So it'll be interesting to see how much time he gets between the pipes uh, for the Fighting Hawks. But yeah, I put North Dakota in third place. Just it was a it was a gut instinct. I think that those top three teams are going to be really close in the standings. So I had North Dakota there. I completely didn't mean to throw you off, Jason, but uh, it would have made it much easier if I'd segued and said that Duluth was my uh, third place team, but, uh, but no, I have, uh, I have North Dakota in there. I don't, I, I don't see how North Dakota underperforms last year and I don't see any team, you know, any of the teams that were near North Dakota, they weren't really that close. And, and so to expect them to, to expect North Dakota to drop off and another team to excel for those to flip. I just, I couldn't bring myself to see like where that happens. Like we mentioned, this is the NCHC. These are all talented, talented teams. And 
and that potential certainly is there, but, you know, going into the season, not seeing how guys are going to perform what they've done in the off season, uh, you know, how the chemistry gels on a lot of these teams with, with new players coming in and, you know, guys that they relied on leaving for other teams or graduating or moving on in their lives. You know, it's there, there are a lot of question marks and, and this is our best guess based on what we've, um, looked at for movement in the off season. Uh, I've got Western Michigan, obviously at three then, cause I had those two, um, flopped. I think that they're, I think they're going to come off of their performance in, in the tournament and say, you know, we really got a chance at this again this year. Uh, I think they're going to be one of those teams that comes out punching early and hopefully they can hold on to it. They're going to have to, cause they're not going to be three if they can't sustain their performance in the second half of the season. That's the big question mark for me is, is can they earn enough points, get enough recognition in the beginning of the season and hold on to that in the second half of the season. I could totally see them faltering off come February, March, and that'll be the demise for them. They'll drop. They could easily drop to five. If, you know, if they pull what UNO's done in the past and start to struggle in that, that latter half where your conference play constant, I just see the talent there that they won't. Yeah. And, and one of the things you mentioned, I, or I mentioned earlier actually was the fact that they are always strong in Kalamazoo and a lot of times they look very ordinary on the road. So I think that that's going to be a key factor for them uh, in making a potential run uh, at, at a, at a conference championship or, you know, one of the, in my mind, one of the top two or three spots. So they look ordinary on the road. They generally look very good at home. So we'll see if maybe they can be a little bit stronger in their road swings this year, but I like that pick. I like Western Michigan in third place. I think that that's an interesting pick. So who do you have in second place, Jason? And there aren't many teams. I'm down to Denver and North Dakota. And you're down to Denver and Duluth. Yep. Uh, I've got, and, and some of it may just be championship hangover, but I've got Denver at one and North Dakota at two until North Dakota proves to me that they are a better team than Denver. As far as I'm concerned, Denver is the best team in the country until, until someone proves otherwise. You know, and then that's kind of the, this is the, a little bit of the reward for, you know, last year being the best team in the country in college hockey. Uh, you get some benefit of the doubt. There are question marks. I could see Denver, like I went through and a lot of times what I'll do is I'll go like, okay, best case performance for them, worst case performance. Like my worst case scenario for Denver would put them probably three or four in the conference. You know, if they hit an injury bug, if they don't get performance out of the goaltending that they need, uh, if their forwards go on a cold streak, because that can happen with Denver, uh, with that crew, they've shown it in the past few few seasons that, you know, they're they're at risk of, of hitting those cold snaps with their forwards. And if they hit those at the wrong time, you know, I could see them dropping that far. But until it happens... I have to assume that they're going to be able to find a way the way that they found a way last year. Okay. So you have them uh, in first place. Is that what you're telling the, me? Yep. Denver at one, North Dakota at two. Okay. Well, I'm picking uh, Denver at two. And here's the reason why you mentioned 
national championship hangover. Now, some teams are on a mission after they've won one national championship to come back and win back-to-back national championships. I don't necessarily think that that's going to happen here. I think they reached the pinnacle. They had success. Now, I will say they are an incredibly talented team. Um, and in my mind, they have the best uh, returning goaltender in the conference in Magnus Krona. So there's a lot to like there. They always play well uh, at Magnus uh, in Denver. And so there's a lot to like there. I just, for some reason, call it a gut instinct. I have them in second place. And my first place team is Minnesota Duluth. For no other reason that I like Scott Sandlin, a lot of times he achieves great things with teams that on paper you look at and you're not that excited about. And when you watch them, you're not that excited about them. They're my underdog pick to win the regular season NCHC tile. One note, they do have a, they do have a, a familiar transfer from Miami in uh, Derek Dashke, who was a player that was originally a UNO commit back in the day. One of the talented blue liners that was on a very anemic Miami team. He joins the club this year. So I think that they're a fairly intriguing team this season. There are question marks on the team, but I'm not going to bet against Scott Sandlin. So I tried to be kind of different with my picks this year, Jason. So (laughs) that's what I've got for the NCHC. We'll, uh, we'll have to, we'll write all these down and, We've talked about like last year at the end of the season, at the end of the conference season, at least going back through and seeing, you know, how close were we? And it'd be fun to go back to them and say, Hey, why was I wrong? Cause in all honesty, like I expect that we're going to miss a lot of these just because I, when I do the math on them, like I just so close on these literally not even a game. It's not a win. It's literally the difference between an overtime win and overtime loss. That might be, you know, the difference between some of these teams being flip-flopped or even dropping two or three spots, you know, the NCHC, particularly in that middle meet between three and six, uh, there's been races there that you've got ties in there. You've got one point. I'll take you up two spots. Yep. A lot of things are in flux this season. So it's important for a team like UNO, to get off to a good start in November and December this year, because those early season points are going to make a huge difference for them. And they've learned that the hard way, you know, over the course of the last decade, you know, playing in this conference. So, yeah, I think for me, the bigger key is to focus on making sure that you win six or seven of those eight games against Colorado college and Miami. that like everything starts with that. If, you know, if we pull out a split with Denver and, you know, a split with Duluth or St. Cloud or something like that, like if we, if we pull those out and have some extra points there and then, you know, get swept going to Miami, like it, it just, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter that you put in all that effort, you put in all that work and you had that performance say, you know, at Duluth, like you've just, you've just taken and wiped that off that table. And so I really want to see them come out and dominate those games and say, look, you know, there's the, there's the bottom two of the league and they're the bottom two of the league for a reason. And we're going to show you why that way from a, you know, from a pairwise RPI ratings and stuff, you start getting that attention of like, this is a team that can take care of business. And in the past, UNO has not been a team like that. They've struggled to play against teams that they should win against um and for me these 
you know, we've got a pretty light out of conference schedule. You know, we should be able to rack up wins there. We should be able to build some confidence. Um, and we need to come out and we need to prove that we're going to do to Miami and Cairo College what we did to Long Island, Niagara. You know, we need to we need to go and just sweep those teams and like not even close, make it a no-brainer, you know, easy game. Be up by a few going into the third where it's a fairly dominant performance. We need those dominant performances. Yeah, we, we need to remember to get up for the NCHC teams that are not North Dakota and Denver and the perennial powerhouses in the conference. We've got to play well against the bottom half teams like Miami, like Colorado College, because that's really what killed us last season in what I think a lot of fans thought was a, a, a season of so much potential and they just, they faded down the stretch. So that's what they need to do. So Jason, I got to ask you, we do this every year. Who is your pick to win the national championship? Or should I say, who are you going to jinx when it comes to winning the national championship this season? Because you have a penchant with teams like Wisconsin for picking a team that's on the rise that you then summarily jinx for the entire season. So who do you have winning it all early spring of 2023? Who do you have? It may help you out. I'm going to jinx Denver. Like until, until you prove to me that you're better than Denver, the, not enough of that team has changed that you can't say they can easily make up losing this guy, losing that guy that graduated, right? And goaltending has been kind of, I wouldn't say the best in the country, but probably one of the more consistent efforts with Denver for quite a few years now. Uh, and I just think that, you know, I was listening to a interview with uh, a couple of the avalanche players over the summer where they were asking them about, you know, do you, do you want it? Like you've won it. Like, do you feel that sense of relief? And, you know, a couple of the guys said, you know, we did for a little bit, but it puts that taste in your mouth where you're like, I, I like this. I like being at the top. I like being the team. Um, and I think that Denver is going to have some, some troubles throughout it. They're going to fight through some things. And in the end, I think they're going to go into the tournament as a very strong team. And I just haven't seen anything that shows me that anyone can play at that level outside of maybe North Dakota. And I think a lot of people agree with your pick there. I'm going to go purely based on podcast tradition. The first two seasons of this podcast, I picked Minnesota Duluth to win the national championship. And if I recall correctly, they, they won at least one of those years and they might've been in the championship game the next year. So again, I'm not going to bet against Scott Sandlin. Uh, he's had a long, uh, successful career at Minnesota Duluth. I'm basing this on nothing other than tradition. So Minnesota Duluth again, I think I picked Michigan last year to win the national championship and we all know what has, has happened with that program. So maybe, maybe I should pick a, another program that I want to see just uh, face all kinds of uh, controversy and turmoil, but uh, I will go with Minnesota Duluth at this point and we'll see how they do this season. I may be eating my words uh, come March and April, but we'll just have to see. So Jason, you, Jolene and the girls came out to the UNO Hockey Open House on September 18th at Baxter Arena. Bridget and I, of course, were there. Um, it was a great event for fans. 
put put together kind of at the last minute by UNO, but they had an autograph session with the players. They introduced the players on the ice. There was open skating on uh, on the main ice for fans during that game. You had the UNO bookstore and uh, Lawler's Custom Sportswear selling merchandise. You even had a concession stand open selling some food. So it was kind of a neat event to go out and get your uh, season schedule poster and get some autographs from players. What did you think of the event? I, I love this kind of thing. I, I know it's not the most exciting uh, type of event, but it's one of those things that I think if you do it consistently every year, fans will really come to enjoy the tradition. And it's a it's a fun way to kind of start the season. I know we don't have season tickets to pick up anymore uh, because the tickets are, are digital unless you uh, request uh, paper tickets. But, uh, but what'd you think? Like you said, you don't start a tradition overnight. And this is a good step towards building, you know, this is the way UNO is going to start their season with fan engagement. You know, I loved what they did. I think that it was a great start. I think there's some things that they could do, you know, that would take it to another level. Consistency is key. They need to do these events over and over again, and they need to have exclusive events for the season ticket holders. I know a lot of us loved the the team kind of scrimmage that they had last year. So hopefully maybe they can get that on the slate for season ticket holders again in the future and then do that year after year, because that's always kind of a neat deal too. So we just want to thank UNO for uh, holding that and, uh, and doing that. And, uh, and with that, we're looking ahead to the upcoming season. Uh, we have an exhibition against Minnesota State Mankato. And yes, this is the Purple Mavericks that we've had a, a, an interesting history and tradition with over the years. And, you know, the past couple of seasons with the, the pandemic and COVID, we haven't been playing exhibitions against Canadian schools to start off the season in October. And so there have been a number of NCAA teams that have played each other in a game that does not count in the season standings or the pairwise rankings or anything else. They're playing exhibitions. So at 6.07 p.m. on October 1st, we will be playing the defending NCAA runner-ups. It would have been more fun to say defending NCAA champions what do you think about this game coming in? What are, you, what are your thoughts on the Mavericks versus the Mavericks? I think the Mavericks are going to win. That's easy thought, right? <laughs> I got I to take this that where, one. This is where I'm going to insert a rolling eye emoji, you know, <laughs> right on top of uh, the video of the two of us uh, for YouTube. <laughs> I think there's a lot of storylines, which kind of makes me want this to be, a, you know, an every year thing. And I, I know the, the complexities of doing these things are make it nearly impossible, but with Mike Hastings and his history in the area and a lot of this, I was looking through the rosters and stuff and finding like a lot of the players on Mankato have connections to either other players on Omaha or um, have been through Omaha, you know, as a Lancer or played junior hockey or something like it's, it's fascinating how, how many of those little storylines exist. Yeah. And it's cool. Like it's cool to capitalize on that stuff and have that there. It, I'm like you, it'll be interesting to see what kind of game we get. I want to think that, you know, that first period maybe is what you would consider like real hockey. Like you're, you would, they're going all out. It's their expected starting goaltenders. It's their expected starting rosters. Not a lot of uh, coaching finicking, you know, kinds of things it is just 
straight, like what we would see in a regular season. And then after that, then maybe it cuts back to like, we're going to play some guys in some roles that we don't expect to put them in. I mean, you know, put fourth liners with, with for a period where they're getting first line minutes just to, you know, give them touches and get their experience level up. Um, yeah, I will, it will be interesting to see what we see for goaltenders with the, you know, do we see three different ones? I'm curious to see how confident they are uh, with our transfer and whether or not he'll play. I will say, man, Cato certainly doesn't have some of the talent that they had on that NCAA uh, tournament team. And the big one is in net. Dryden McKay was a great goaltender for them, one of the top goaltenders in the country. Um, and um, we have a traveling trophy with Minnesota State Mankato uh, called the Spirit of the Maverick Award. I don't know if that will be on the line in an exhibition or not. Are we? I don't know. It'll be really interesting. So this is this is kind of new ground for all of us, and uh, I'm excited to see who are you going to pick in what could be a very interesting exhibition game. I don't think it's fair to make us pick someone because ultimately, like, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm not going to look at this game going, "Oh, you know, we lost to Mankato." seven one where you know that means we're a crappy team it's like i don't even know if coach cares like this would be a, a good question to ask coach uh what his thinking is going into this and i wish i wish someone would i wish we had the ability to ask that question of him uh because i would be it would be interesting to know his mindset going in if he's looking at this as a uh you know, tune up, get the guys up to game speed, which means I'm not going to tinker with a lot of things and I'm not going to try a lot of things. This is, this is time for us to take what we've worked on in practice, put it at a higher speed and a higher level and see if we can execute uh, and start identifying where our flaws are and where we need to work more on. If he's got that mindset, then I think, I think we win because I just think that I think that Mankato probably is going to use this more as a let's tinker, let's find out what we have uh, because they have a few more gaps where their incoming guys don't really match up well with their outgoing guys. Uh, but if we play the, you know, if we play the like, let's, let's put this guy that we really expect to be on the fourth line with Weiss and, you know, and Sullivan and it's like, okay, think. <laughs> You're, you're, you're playing things that you know that realistically are never going to get played again. And I just, I mean, that's just a, like, who knows, slip a coin there. Who knows what happens if you start doing that? Well, to your point, I think this could be an opportunity for a young UNO team to establish something positive going into the regular season. So Jason completely punted on making a pick there, so. Thanks a lot, Jason, for leaving me hanging, hanging out there to make a pick. But yeah, I'm going to I'm picking UNO to win this exhibition. I think it's a good opportunity to help set a tone and get those young guys some playing time. So I'll be interested to see what happens. So uh, so it should be fun. And uh, and we'll look forward to seeing uh, fans there at 6.07 p.m. So it starts an hour earlier than the typical the typical uh, primetime uh evening game at uh, Baxter Arena. So now the segment everybody's been waiting for, Jason, the return of the what are you drinking segment. So Jason, I got to ask you, what are you drinking? Um, shoot, I, you know, I forgot to grab something, John. What are you drinking? 
I got nothing for you, Jason. That's all we got. Well, on that note, I guess we'll see everyone at the game and we'll be back next week. Absolutely. And until next time, go Mavs. Go Mavs.